Global Eco Energy sell and install renewable energy products to domestic, commercial and public sector customers. With access to a wide range of renewable energy products, including solar PV, battery storage, air source heat pumps and eco-garden makeovers, we offer a bespoke service tailored to your exact needs. For a free quote and to find out more about grants and funding options, go to global-eco.co.uk. The Go Radio Football Show with Global Eco Energy. Tailored and renewable energy products to suit your commercial and domestic needs. Let's go! And with us tonight, the former Scotland women's 72 caps. She's with us, Leanne Crichton. Great to see you, Leanne. Thanks, Paul. Great to be here. Really looking forward to the show. And 10 yards away from you, safe distance, it's big, bad John Hartson. John, great to have you on the show. Cheers, Paul. Well, the talking point was the surprise at the weekend. Kilmarnock beating Celtic 2-1. Lots of people calling in 08, 08, 17, 17, 700. Celtic's first league defeat of the season. John, what did you think about it when you watched it on Sunday? Well, it's one of those, Paul, where you can't sugarcoat the second half. I thought Celtic was shocking. I really did, having going on. Sorry, having, having went in 1-0 up. And at this moment in time, Paul, I really think that there's a few players at Celtic that are coasting. You know, really coasting along. Um, you can't afford to coast, you know, this stage of the season. Uh, in the last few weeks, St. Johnson, <clears throat> it took a real stern word from Brendan Rodgers when they were 1-0 one one down at half-time. Yeah. <clears throat> I think the draw at home to Motherwell, yes, in between, they, they had a good result against Hibs. Um, and they haven't won anything yet, Celtic. You know, they're out of the League Cup, they're out of Europe, and there's still a lot. There's the League and the, the Scottish Cup still to play for, but... At this particular time, I just feel one or two players maybe think they're better than what they are and then they need to start performing and put their foot on the gas. Leanne, you watched it. Were you surprised that Celtic lost at Rugby Park? Because they'd lost already early in the season, you know, in the League Cup. Yeah, I think it's always a surprise when Celtic lose, if I'm being honest, just because of quality yeah. and the calibre player that they've got. But we know Rugby Park has become a fortress at Kilmarnock's home form over the last couple of seasons. It's been very good. Um it's Sunday when, when Celtic take the lead do you think that's the inevitable that they'll go on and, and probably grab a second I know the conditions were really poor we're speaking awful lot about the pitch and, and how that impacts the game but the reality is I think all the credit has to go to Kilmarnock and the manner in which they played and they turned the game around and tactically they were spot on I think their second half performance really rocked Celtic and I understand what John's saying about players underperforming and Perhaps it is um, at that level because I think the quality that Celtic have got, they shouldn't be losing games <laughs> in the top flight. It just should not be happening. Um, and that is even going up against Rangers because I think there's still a gulf there in, in terms of the squads and the depth of the squads that they have. But Kilmarnock were outstanding. And when it went 1-1, they could have sat in and been happy with the draw and the point and it would have been a very good result. But the fact that they were bang at it, they chased it, they harried physically get in the faces of Celtic I think all the credit has to go to them because Rangers fans know now it's what five points in it a game yeah. in hand here's a Rangers fan on Sean Sean what do you make of things? Yeah everything's going well hopefully Rangers can close the gap but I still believe and I'll say to John in that I still believe Rangers need to win at uh, Celtic Park if not it's uh, basically Celtic Garden points has basically been uh, it's no got it's done nothing okay. Rangers need to win at Celtic Park. If Rangers win at Celtic Park, the title race is back on. Rangers don't win at Celtic Park. This is only my view. I think Celtic will still uh, win the league. John? Well, I've had this conversation many times before, Sean, and it, it, it's not the yep. games against Rangers. It's 
It's Celtic dropping nine points this season. It's Celtic not being able to go to Kilmarnock and win. You know, drawing uh, at home against Motherwell, drawing away to, to Hibs. You know, yes, I think the Celtic Rangers games, it, it gives you a little bit of momentum, I think, for the yeah. for the supporters. It's a huge game to win. Um, and I think both teams will obviously enjoy beating each other. But in terms of where the league title goes, if you're not beating other teams, then that that big particular derby, you know, it, it becomes almost like, well... You know, you could win the game, and as I said, it gives you a boost, certainly. But if you were not cleaning up the other games and winning against the other smaller teams, if you like, then what's the point in beating Rangers if the if the if the next week you're dropping two points against another against a team middle of the table? And yet, Leanne, in the last two seasons, the games against Rangers at Celtic Park were they were pivotal. Celtic had strong yeah. performances and big wins. No, they were. They were huge. Look, I think the frustration for Rangers just now will be that they don't get to play catch up until January. I think am I right? The catch up game is the twenty fourth of January um, against away at Easter Road to Hibs. So. There's a lot of football to be played between yeah. now and then. Mm. Celtic get an opportunity to go and increase the gap again this weekend because they play when, when Rangers are in via play cup action. So psychologically, you lose that momentum anyway. You know, the fact that Celtic have dropped points, it puts a bit more pressure on Rangers when the next game comes round. So I understand that it, how it looks, but the reality is I, I, I would need to agree with Sean. I think the old firm game, regardless, is, is huge in terms of probably more so for Rangers just now, feeling that they're close to Celtic. I think that would be massive if they could get a result um, on the 30th of December. I think they would really believe that there is a title race on, whereas I think just now it's in the hands of Celtic. I genuinely believe that if Celtic decide to up the ante, like John says, if players really want to come to the party, if they can get through this period, if they can get through January with the Asian Cup as well and the players that they might lose, if Celtic come through that with an advantage come the end of January, the title will be Celtics to lose if Rangers can keep the pressure on until then we might just see things swing and the, the other side of that is well how many points have Celtic been in front this season at one stage well eight for much of yeah, it there yeah and all yeah. of a sudden yeah. now it, sure. Rangers it's, win it's their games yeah. in hand and sure. it, it's, it's you know it's down to yeah. two so people were saying when Celtic were eight points clear well, well it's it's a foregone conclusion it's Celtics league because Rangers weren't particularly it's only, it's only since Clement has come in that the form was really picked up and they're in a magnificent, you know, rich vein of form. How impressed are you by the form of Rangers under... I th- I think, it hasn't all been No, but, perfect, I, I, but I think you have to be impressed, Paul, because he's come in, you think about it, they're not his players. He's had an instant reaction. They, 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 they want to play for him. You know, they've dug out some late... Results as well in games. I'm looking at the Hearts game. I'm looking at one or two others games where they were they were punched uh, potentially a goal down going into the last ten minutes, and they've dug in results. That's because they want to win games, not for themselves, obviously, yeah. but for the manager. And as I said, you look at you look at the record while he's been there. He's, he's done ever so well. Sean, can I ask John a question about his team? Then I want to ask Leanne. I know, uh, fine with thank, thank you, Sean. Just checking with you. John, you're just saying there about what Philip Clement is getting out of the team and it's not his team, not his players. But the Celtic team's not the Brendan Rodgers. He wasn't there. He came in during the summer where the signings were already in. They'd won yeah. a treble, they won a double the year before. But some of them had gone. We know about Jota, we know about those who'd gone. What's happening with the players that are there? And you mentioned some of them not doing enough, not showing enough. Who are these players I, then? I, I mean, no, I think well, we can I, see I some think, of them. I think yeah. some of them think they're better than what they are. Mm. Who do you think? 
Well, um, listen, yeah. I, I don't really want to particularly give names, but I think it's the ones who are on everybody's lips in terms of who Brendan might, you know, look look to sell in January. I think the obvious ones, we know the obvious ones. Um, it's the ones who are playing bit part roles and can't quite get in the team on a regular basis. It's like Yang coming in, for example, Mikey Johnson. I don't blame him. He's oh, a when, when you play for Celtic, Paul, you, you can't coast. You can't just play well one week and then not play well for two or three weeks. And you've got to be at it every single game. You know, that, that, that's, that's what... And, and I think some players are coming and they think, oh, I've got the Celtic shirt on. And, you know, I think they should be doing better. They, they, they've got to be at it. And I thought the second half performance against Kilmarnock was quite a, an alarming performance. I really did. The Celtic was so, you know, that they were. Yeah. The, 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 the Kilmarnock, Kilmarnock just looked as if they wanted it Hungrier. more. Yeah. I never thought I'd ever s- yeah. see, say that about a Celtic team. But. They, they just came out. You knew what Derek McInnes was going. He did it brilliantly. He played him behind the Celtic defence. They had good runners. I thought Anderson is, is a fantastic player. You know, so they, they got really good people in behind the ball. They took their goals well and they won the game. Brendan Rodgers, though, for his trademark in terms of being a top manager is that he develops players, he makes them better. All I've heard for weeks and months is a consistent message that he's having to work with the players that he's got. Now, if I'm a player in that dressing room, and I, and I feel I'm part of a good dressing room which by the way the difference between Brendan Rodgers taking over a Celtic team and Philip Clement taking over a Rangers team is that Celtic were a successful team Rangers were not last season so hence the reason why Michael Beale lost his job if that's the consistent messaging how do you feel as a Celtic player? You must be people sitting in that dressing room going is he speaking about me? And I know if the cap fits wear it but I just don't know if that's the right messaging if you are like I think there's a smokescreen going on in terms of the money that Celtic have spent, which I understand we all anticipated that there would be more money spent in the summer transfer window. There wasn't. But the reality is you're not telling me that Matt O'Reilly's worth 1.5 million. If Celtic had bought him for 10 million, would you still be having the same debate? If you had paid 10, 15 million for a Kyogo, who that's what he's worth, would you still be having this same debate? Maida falls into that same category. We've brought in Lewis Palmer, who everybody rants and raves about. He's a top player. He's come in to replace. I know the likes of Abad is missing. I'm still hearing people speaking about Jota. How is that? <laughs> like, when you look at the strength and depth of that Celtic team, the guys like Mikey Johnson, Celtic have clearly backed him for long enough because he's been at the club now, John, for how long? Yeah, yeah. And people have invested. He's still there. Yeah, and so he's he still, must be doing and, something and week in, week out, day by playing. day. Still playing. And he may well play tomorrow night. You're bringing guys like James Forrest off the bench who would walk into the 11 other teams in the Scottish Premiership as a starting player. The only team he would ever be a sub at is Celtic. I don't get it. I don't get this whole messaging okay. that Brendan Rodgers yep. thinks that his team's depleted or it's not good enough. I take your point about how players will feel about what the manager has been saying, but what about Liam Scales? So he's reacted well. He's been improved hugely yep. under Brendan Rodgers, hasn't he? He's made a difference to him. He has. He has, but it also then shows you you know, how okay. reliant they yep. are in Cameron Carter-Vickers. Yeah, indeed. <laughs> because so, most times when he comes yeah. out of the team, there's an issue there. Armstrong. Yeah. Armstrong, I meant not Anderson. Yeah, I sure. By Danny Armstrong, yeah. But so, you know what? He was outstanding. Yeah. I think his violence yeah. and his pass you know, for Kennedy for the winning goal, I thought the run was brilliant. And, um, you know, Celtic yeah. go in one nil up and you're thinking then, you knew what uh, Derek um, yeah. uh, Derek McInnes was going yeah. to do. I just think, pick up, you know, work, the work rate, let's, let's start on the front foot. And uh, they, they absolutely done that. And Celtic didn't know which way to look. Sean, what are you thinking about your own club before you go? Well, I'm looking forward to Thursday. I, 
I actually think Betis will win on Thursday. I think Rangers mm. will win on Sunday, but I think Betis uh, will get the. Ju- I think Betis will win on uh, Thursday night. Um, but hopefully I'm wrong. But even if Rangers do get beat, as long as um, Sparta uh, Prague did get defeated, but I really can't see that because I think even though that mm. team uh, drawn with Rangers and lost against Rangers, I still believe that team's not really a good team. So that's a disappointing about um, no finishing sure. second, but. Sure. Here, here, who's just hope Thursday's a good game, and they're still in Europe after Christmas. I well, that's right. Yeah. Okay. Listen, here's Leanne. I was just going to. It's a bit embarrassment if you're an Angels fan, but mind if, you, if that means well, getting into it, here goes. Look at West Ham; they won it. So no, no. I was yeah. just going to say, Sean, what, what, what would you rather Thursday, all things to go well, or or Sunday to lift the trophy? <laughs> No, but they won the conference league. I don't know till you're in that final, but to win the conference, I don't think that's something you jump about and go, yeah, if you won the conference. I think that's a wee bit of embarrassment. Uh, it's all right for a small club, but not the side of Rangers or Celtic. I think the conference league's a wee bit mediocre. I see Scott Brown, that former Aberdeen star, obviously Celtic legend, has been promoting the Viaplay Cup and saying that um, the lack of penalties awarded against Rangers yep. is incredible. Is he winding you up or has he got a good point? Scott Brown's always been a wind-up merchant, so just let him have his wee wind-up. And do you know what? I take, I take that as humour. I don't see where you get some fans that go, no, that's horrible. No, see, Boris, wind up each other. As long as it's um, fair and you're not um, saying something you shouldn't say, but a bit of wind-up is a rivalry. I think that, that's, that's good. What about, Sean, this Diddy Cup that you're involved in on Sunday? Because when Saldig win it, it's a Diddy Cup. But everyone to win it now. All the Rangers fans want to see, win it. When Celtic win it, it's a Diddy Cup. It's, it's the lowest cup you can win. Yeah. <laughs> well, see, Boris, it's bad then, mate. It's bad then, isn't it? Yeah, of course it is, pal. I'll say that on the show, right? The, the League Cup, and most big clubs will say it, you win the League Cup, it's a, it's a Diddy Cup. The only way it doesn't come the Diddy Cup if you're going for a treble. See, if you don't go for the treble yeah. and you win the League Cup, you can't shout at the end of the season, oh, we won the League Cup. People say you sit down in the pub. Well, Nobody would shout about it, Sean. Sure. But I'll tell you what: it's yeah. the most important trophy of the season because if you win that well, first piece, if you win that first piece of silverware, it sends a statement to everybody yeah. else, and that's totally what Celtic yeah. in the years that they've dominated have managed to do. Well, look at Ange Postecoglou's team did two years ago. One hundred percent winning the league. I think Cup. Alec McLeish shared a good yeah. few years ago. Alec won. That was his first trophy he won. And I think Rangers went on to win the treble that year and Amaru saw and all that yep. place. Right. Yeah, so Leanne's spot on, I think, as well. You put that trophy in, in the cabinet and it almost takes a little bit of pressure off, if you like. I know it's, it's, it's the lower of the three cups that you can win, but it takes a bit of pressure off because you've already got something. You know, you've already won a trophy, if you like, that particular year. There'll be plenty of ex-pros telling you they've won a league cup, <coughs> by the way, when they hang their boots up. If they've not won anything else, they'll be letting you know. <laughs> and millions of people who'd love to win it. Exactly. I I don't like that phrase at all. It's one of the three great domestic trophies, and you would love to win them. Um, I know, John, you're uh, just having a bit of banter (laughs) with him. Sean, (laughs) thanks for that call. Oh, Sean. 171700. Let's hear. Brendan Rogers has been speaking to the media this afternoon ahead of, yep, back to European action tomorrow night. Feyenoord in town. They're here to warm up. Celtic have been in front of the media. The voice is a bit, you can hear the effects. That The weather was unbelievable on Sunday down at Rugby Park. That was a real Ayrshire storm, wasn't it, Leanne? You it weren't was, outside? No, I well, I was, our game yeah. was, was later on. It was four o'clock and by that point it had started to pass, mm. thankfully, because between 12 and, and three it was a... Uh, 
pretty grim. It sure was. He spoke first of all about Hitati back in training today. So that's ahead of schedule. Not full training with the whole team, but he was stripped and training today. Here's the latest on Cameron Carter-Vickers and Dyson Maida. <clears throat> yeah, they won't be won't be involved tomorrow. Um, but um, but for the weekend, they'll, they'll hopefully be be available. Right, so available for the weekend, but not tomorrow night. John, what are you thinking, Cameron Carter-Vickers? So you'd want him, obviously, in a European Champions League game, or are you just going to wait for the weekend? Well, yeah, you yeah. would, Paul. But if, if he's got anything <clears throat> like a sort, a sort of a slight knock or something like that, I think uh, going into the league now, I think Hearts, um, Livingston, and then Rangers, and one game away, I think it's Dundee. So three yeah. out of the next four of the league games are at home for Celtic, and he's he's a very very important player. Yes, of course, tomorrow night if Celtic can get one win in the Champions League I think it'll go down very well I think the club financially as well take a lot of money for each individual win in the Champions League so, around a million isn't it Close yeah, to yeah I think yeah. it is but yeah. but obviously if, he, if he's if he's in doubt at all mm. I, I think Brendan will say well um, it all depends what Lager Bielka will he come in or will it be Nat Phillips again and, and obviously scales so I think from being in the position where he was really, really struggling for, for centre-halves at the start of the season. I think he's got one or two options now. Um, so I would, I, would, I would look at it as if to say he doesn't want to risk Carter Vickers at all with, the, with them, particularly, you know, you've got the, the Rangers game on December the 30th and you want your best players going into this period of the season because there's, there's a big fixture pile up now. Sure. Save them for the SPFL. Absolutely. No, yeah. I don't think there's any need to, to risk it. I think listening to Brendan Rodgers, it sounded like they weren't ready anyway, as opposed to it being a, an opportunity to sit sure. them out or, or go with it. Um, as John mentioned, there's a huge amount of games to be played between now and, and the end of the year. So I think that would be the focus. And Cameron Carter-Vickers, for the consistency levels that he had in terms of fitness and, and being fit and available last yeah. season, he seems to be carrying a few knocks mm. and niggles this year that have troubled him. Mm. So um, I think that would be in the, the mind of the manager as well. He spoke briefly about Rio Hatati. At this moment in time, we're, we're thinking it'll be into January. So, um, But he's doing very well. Uh, but we just assess that as uh, as each day goes by. Hope the manager's okay, John. Sounds like the, the <laughs> night nurse is needed there. He'll be all right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, be, I think Hitati's, yeah. um, you know, yeah. he'll, be a, he'll be a big one to come back. Obviously. How much have they missed him? Yeah, they've missed him. Yeah, they've missed his drive and, uh, you know, and uh, they missed his goal threat as well. You know, he, he gets up and down the pitch, but he's better in the final third. I think if you can get him on the ball going and... And, and as I said, driving forward, creating those opportunities, scoring goals himself. And I just looked at it there, Paul, there's 18 more days to go until the the, the Celtic play Rangers on, on the 30th. And listen, I won't be surprised. He thinks it's maybe early January. January, he thinks that maybe not quite ready, but if he, if he recovers really, really well, I wouldn't be too surprised if he um, if he's, um, if he's included in that team. He's also one of the players, though, that would be considered for the Asian Cup. Is that right? Yeah, Possibly. Exactly. So yeah, I, I, yeah. I, I don't yeah. expect to see him before January, if I'm being honest, just because I don't think you would do that with any other players. Be that type of competition on the horizon as well, I think it would be a tough act to, to balance. But Hitachi, he's been a loss, but I do think that, that Celtic have had strong you know, options in there as well. I mean, you look at a goal threat in terms of David Turnbull that have come in and added to that as well. He's certainly chipped in. But Hitachi gives you a different tempo and, and that's the thing that... Celtic have lacked and probably Sunday it was crying out for a Hitati in the second half to be able to get a grip of the game and just find those intricate moments and passes and the vision that he's got but as I say the tempo that he moves the ball and he's worked great out of possession I think is phenomenal as well and when you take him and Maida 
you do notice that that work yeah. rate in terms of that out of possession work. Kilmarnock fans will say, hey, what about our team? Because they were absolutely brilliant in the second half and they wanted it more. 08, 08, 17, 17, 700. Quick break and then we're back. We'll hear more from Brendan Rogers. He's speaking about transfers. He's speaking about the reaction that they've suffered since Sunday and a bit more from Philippe Clement. The Go Radio Football Show with Global Eco Energy. For your free energy home survey and a bespoke quote, call 0800 233 5788. Let's go! It's the Go Radio Football Show Tuesday evening edition with our friends at Global Eco Energy. Thank you for making the switch out and about at the weekend. Lots of people tuning in to the programme. Thank you. So many of you listening from five. I bumped into John Hartson at the weekend. It was good to see John. We were surprised to see each other. Yeah, uh, it was good fun. And Leanne, we haven't seen you for a number of weeks. I know you've been busy. You've been keeping well. Baby Jew mid-March yeah keeping really well Paul no it's been good um, the weeks have just been flying by so much going on in terms of work and football and pro license and back on again next week so um, I can't actually believe that we're at mid-December already yeah. I just feel like we've blinked and, and we've got here so um, no feeling really good as well which has been nice and being in the gym and swimming and, and keeping yeah. active um, so no it feels good just hopefully the, the next couple of months remains like that. you're an <laughs> inspiration to us yeah you're keeping really well yeah. No, it's good. We're just looking uh, on Sky there. Wasn't that outrageous what happened uh, yesterday in uh, Turkey? The president of one of the clubs hooks the referee. I've smashed never him. seen, I don't think anybody has seen anything like that ever before. The, the club yeah. president yeah. comes on and punches the referee. Yeah. That's, that's, that's completely outrageous. He's trying to call it a slap. It's ridiculous. No, it's, he gave him a black eye. Yeah, and someone else waded in and kicked on the, when he the was referee. on the floor. Yeah. There needs yeah. to be serious yeah. repercussions for yeah. that. I mean, you, listen, at, hiding behind football for that being um, like a lifetime ban because mm. it's in the football pitch. If that's in the street, you're, you're in, in the jail. jail. Yeah. Um, but there's got to be serious consequences also for the club as well because if that's the president and that's the standard that he sets for the club, I would be considering revoking their football licence um, something seriously has to be done because we cannot tolerate it and if that's the precedence that's been set um, we need to stamp it out there is no place in the game for that at all Absolutely there's a trickle down though isn't there and there's been a lot of people talking recently about how football referees are treated and you compare it I think it was Ali I heard the other week and said well I think it was Ali McCoyst who was saying that one of his boys plays rugby and another one football mm. I think it was Ali if it wasn't mm. but he was saying the difference between the two um is night and day mm-hmm. yeah. at rugby they respect the referee yeah. might disagree they listen in football everyone wants to have a go the mm-hmm. fans and this isn't boys and girls football as well yeah. I mean we've all got a part to play in respecting referees and I know that's tough mm. and you've both played at the highest I th- level I think football can learn something from rugby in terms of the referee are completely in charge you know they've got the uh, they've got the opportunity to uh, to give sin bins and you're off for, for for ten minutes and you know any any sort of um, answering back or anything like that you know the, the referee can take it forward in the game so you suffer that way. I can remember being at um, Scotland Wales in the Six Nations about seven or eight years ago and I was I had, I had a couple of pints on Costorfin Road mm-hmm. in a little bar and um, and one of the boys says come on we need to go you know I was about. 20 past two, they were kicking off at Harps too. Yeah. And there must have been about five or 6,000 Scotland and Wales fans walking up the road all the way up yeah. to um, to Murrayfield yeah. that way. And they were all singing Delilah. 
<laughs> you know, the Tom Jones <laughs> course, classic. Yeah. And yeah. everybody was singing it together. They were joyous. Yeah. Can you imagine that mm. happening in football? Mm. No. No. Sadly, no. Yeah, yeah. I, I thought to myself, yeah. this is unbelievable. Mm. I you think know? the way we've changed yeah. football as well and the way it has, it's adapted over the last number of years, there's there's so much annoyance and animosity and when you add yeah. VAR into that and the laws of the game and the way it's changed. Because what you've got now is players that literally cheat game by game, throwing themselves about, diving, trying to gain an advantage, mm-hmm. knowing that there's... So there's a real frustration anyway, so there's an added emotion now. Um, but there has to be a level of control in that coming for the top down. There, there has to be serious repercussions, as I, I say, think, that I think we need to address it and address it properly. 100% Leanne. I, I think the big one for me is still the handball. It, it, unless it's intentional, you know, some of what the handballs are given... All right, Alistair Johnson got away with one at the weekend at Kilmarnock. But on an, d- did he? Really? Yeah, but I mean, on another yeah. day... Do you think that was a handball? No, no. But, but on another day, Leanne, that's given. Yeah, possibly. Another referee on another day might well give that. You know, we don't know now, do we? When, when, when you go to VAR about a handball, some of us are saying that was a handball. Some of us are saying it, it wasn't. And you have no idea what, what decision the referee is going to come out with. Yeah. You just yeah. don't know. Nobody can actually say, oh, that's deaf. He's going to have a look at that. He's going to wave that away. I probably yeah. had my two worst predictions, actually, on Saturday yeah. afternoon Which when I was way? watching the games coming yeah. in at Ibrooks. Mm-hmm. But both um, the SEMA penalty, yeah. <laughs> it's never going to be a I penalty know. awarded, penalty awarded, uh, the Sifuentes red card. Um, yeah. I did say, to be fair, you could see the red card given, but for me, it wasn't a red card. Um, so, no, you're right, John. So you're you looking at it and you're around, seeing it differently. Yeah. Yeah, so, you unless know, it's, unless very it's subjective. Unless it's intentional. Mm. You know, unless the guy is handballing it and he's, he's stopping a goal-scoring opportunity, mm. his hand is in the air, he knows exactly what he's doing. Um, you can't give it. You just cannot give it otherwise. But we need to respect the referees. Yeah, yeah, agreed. I would mic totally the referees agree. up though because I actually think mm-hmm. there's a level um, and not to, to balance this out at all again in terms of that one particular yeah. incident but I yeah. do think there, are, there is also a culture and I see it within the women's mm-hmm. game I think the referees over, overstep the mark yeah. constantly. I think that their manner and their yeah. demeanour, the way they speak to the players um, I actually think they treat the women's game like it's youth football at times where you're spoken down to there's a real lack of um, continuity and consistency week by week I would have them all mic'd up at the highest level I would have them mic'd up because with that you hear the referee you hear the way the referee speaks to and addresses the players on the field the coaching staff at the side and with that you also pick up the audio if there is abuse towards the referee and I think that's what you hear in rugby and I find it really enlightening I watch rugby and I feel quite content knowing that you understand what's going on on the pitch and that the referee explains it and you see it playing out you don't get that in football so that's where a lot of the animosity and the rage starts to build because there's a real lack of clarity I think you're right and I don't know why they want it can we ask you one other thing just now Leanne another topic and I wouldn't give it airtime but uh, Joey Barton everyone's talking about it so and I know he's pushing a podcast so it's really disappointing though Mm. isn't it the way he is treating women it's sad in broadcasting because you're women in broadcasting and in football no look for me and you're brilliant I know know. and and Joey must have been living under a rock for the the last you know 40 years or um, whatever his life has, has been able to span but I think it's disappointing because he's come out with an agenda he's looking to drive publicity around his podcast as you say he doesn't care about the people that he's hurting and offended and by the way I'm not hurt or offended by Joey Barton's comments because I would need to actually respect Joey Barton for in the first instance to be offended by his comments I don't think he's relevant 
I don't think he's got a, a foot to stand on with the things that he's saying. He's actually got no rationale now with the way he's going on with it. And he's digging himself a deeper hole. The reality is he probably won't ever get a job back in football and that's the issue. I think he's coming across like a guy that's lost his identity and, the, and he probably has because he's been in the game for so long. He's stepped out of the game. He's been into management. It hasn't been a success and he finds himself, he finds himself now in a place that is probably a bit vulnerable for Joey Barton. So he's come out fighting and swinging and with that he's attacked women, which I think his problem is with poor punditry. If you've got an issue with poor punditry, that's okay. Yeah. If you've got an issue with the comp, because the reality is across the board, we could all say he's good, she's good, yeah. she's rubbish, sure. he's rotten. Mm. <laughs> and it's not Absolutely. one bit about gender. So yeah. I think that's the issue. The, the fact that he's come at it, but he's now going down the race route and everything yeah. else. So um, the reality is his career will be finished before it's even started in podcasting. For sure. Yeah, well, when he does his podcast, yep. you, you might have people cooing up mm -hmm. to go in and prove a point, or you might just have people saying, I can't be doing with this. What I would say, though, yeah. is that if that mindset, because, by the way, there's a lot of people that have jumped in the bandwagon mm -hmm. and that agree with Joey Barton, which is, again, fine, because we're entitled to their opinion. Yeah. Mm -hmm. See, if we want to change that opinion, women won't be able to change that opinion. It's going to need to take for men to stand up and come out and be outspoken. You need some high-profile male pundits yeah. to yeah. take to the floor but you, but and tell what? Joey yeah. Barton that he's wrong yeah. because that's Has no one the, done that? At, yeah. There's I, not I been too seen, many that no, I've okay, seen sure. But Joey's currently Joey's currently not, not in a job if you like and, and it's on Twitter yeah. and he is entitled to his opinion like yeah, we all sure. are yeah. but if you are in a job and you were to say what Joey is saying you won't be in a job for much longer you would be outed mm -hmm. You know, if I'm working for the BBC and all of a sudden I'm putting things on Twitter saying, well, I don't like Alex Smith. I think the women, I don't think they're very yeah. good commentators. You know, I think they're taking over. I think there's blah, blah, blah. This but, one's but not But you don't want good. to say that. I can't. But I can't say it. And you don't want I, to say I, it. I, I, no, yeah. I don't want to say sure. it anyway. But if I did say it, yeah. Yeah. then... Uh, sure. But I'm just yeah. saying Joey's out of a job now, so you yeah. can almost say and maybe do... Because yeah. you know, he, he, there's no punishment because he's not in work I, there's no accountability that's the yeah, reality yeah. but I don't think Joey Barton's ever been accountable to anybody's sure. entire life so yeah. he's not going to start now <laughs> let's be honest so I think the, the, the thing for me is there's so many incredible female pundits mm. commentators co-commentators journalists yeah. in every other walk of yeah. life the reality is women have been so underrepresented for so so long yeah. that the, the thing that bothers guys like Joey Barton is the fact that it's change yeah. and mm. it's not always looked like that for them and they might, some men might actually need to work a little bit harder than they once did to get to certain positions because now there is an equity and the equity gap is closed. It's not closed completely because there's not equal representation across the board and that's in every walk of life. Um, but as I say, it's just it's a shame that it's something that's dominated the media this week because there's so many incredible things going on. Brilliant football on, yeah, so many sure. games to speak about, so many incredible men, women going to their day job every single day, working as hard as they possibly can, looking to be the best role models that they can possibly yep. be, and you're tarnished with that type of chat. Which you are, and somebody I was lucky to work with early in her career, Shabana Hearn. Fantastic. Shaban Little, John, yep. on TalkSport in the morning. She's yep. on five till six. And, and she gets abused every single day when you're on social yeah. media. Yep, she's a local girl, the... Glasgow girl, 
You hear her great voice on here. It's distinctive. I think she's gone so far. And here at Go Radio, we're really proud of yeah. her. And I'm glad you and I haven't rehearsed this. No. Uh, so no, and Shaban she, is. Yeah. She's superb at what she does. Um, she's come from, I think she grew up in Drumchapel. She's That's worked right. from the bottom yep. to the top. Mm. She put herself out there early on in her career. She chapped doors. She kicked doors down probably to get opportunities. She works as hard as she possibly can. Yep. She balances that with a young family. Yep. Um she supports the women's game, her job in talk sports, she's fantastic, yep. she presents, she does everything that she possibly yep. can. But she's working hard, she gets paid to do that. Yep. It's her job, it's her passion, she loves it and she will never change. Um, it doesn't matter how much you know adversity she comes up against, she will keep yep. doing the job that she does. She's up so early, she's up even before Crofty and Grado because <laughs> I hear her really early some mornings and yep. then on to the guys uh, and yep. Michelle from 6am. Uh, I just wanted to ask you about yep. that enough, about... Joey B. Uh, we're going to talk more. We'll hear from Philippe Clement. I'm conscious that the Celtic game is tomorrow night. Feyenoord, it's a big game, or is it? It's a you know, dead rubber, some people say, but it is a Champions League tie. Here's the manager speaking about what the reaction has been since that defeat to Kilmarnock on Sunday. It's mostly been recovery, to be fair, from we play Sunday and um, we get back in. Obviously, we analyse the game. I think the beauty and, and, and the great value of the game at the weekend is that... Uh, we know where the issues were. That a bit like the St. Johnson game, the in, the intensity wasn't right, and we, we fixed that. <clears throat> Sadly for us, when we analysed the game, we uh, we didn't play with the poise that we would need to play with uh, in the second half in our in our league game. So, um, but at least we see that, and then we can take that learning hopefully into uh, into the game tomorrow. John, what are you thinking? Well, how the game has changed yeah. because <laughs> if we'd performed like that as poorly as Celtic did in the second half um, and lost the game and showed very little fight, very little desire um, to go and win the game, created very little in the second half, conceded two goals. Um, we would have been in either the Sunday or the Monday and we would be running our socks off. Martin would run us into the ground for that poor performance. And all of a sudden, it's all about recovery, hot baths. I'm not saying what, not saying it's right or wrong, but yeah. I'm just saying how the game and how managers have changed. Or it's a manager who is also, he knows. I mean, he only came in in the summer, came out of the blue, and he must have known, had a long discussion with the chief exec, Michael Nicholson, Dermot Desmond, mm. Peter Lovell, whoever. I mean, this can't be a surprise. Changes needed to be made in the team they'd lost. I know Jota was mentioned uh, and others, mm. but they won a treble last season. It's a fascinating time. You wonder, just the body language, John, it's a bit different, Leanne. It's not what you would expect. And maybe he knows what he's dealing with. Yeah, well, and it's not been all plain sailing. I think that's yeah. the reality. Um, had Celtic still had a, an opportunity tomorrow night to progress in Europe or remain within the Champions League if they were part of a cup final on Sunday, I think it would be a different story regardless of performances. I don't think you would have spoke too much about performances and results, but the reality is the ones that they've failed to deliver are now the ones that are standing out. But I don't think they can afford tomorrow night to, to treat it as a no, dead rubber sure. and, and something that's insignificant because that champion, the poor Champions League run that Celtic have got over the last decade still exists. So are you going to look to try and bring a halt to that regardless of the fact that you still exit the tournament? Um, Performance-wise, you cannot afford to get into the weekend with a hangover from last weekend. And as John mentioned, the, the two draws you know, in between the, the Hibs result is still pretty raw. Um, and then that old firm game starts to edge closer. So it is, it's all very different. I think at Celtic just now, 
as they await these key players to come back as well. Loads to play for. The Go Radio Football Show with Global Eco Energy. Design your bespoke solar PV system and meet your energy needs with no upfront costs. Let's go! Calls coming in 0808 17 17 700 European football this week. Celtic in action tomorrow night. Champions League against Feyenoord. That was a European Champions final, the European Cup final back in 1970, wasn't it? Long before yeah. your time. Both of you, John Hartson and uh, Leanne Crichton. And Rangers in action in a city we all know well, Seville. It's Real Betis against Rangers, but an important game because Rangers would love to stay. There's much more money. There's less than three million in the conference for the next round and there's uh, over six million in the Europa League. Yeah, it's quite significant, isn't it? Isn't yeah. it? In terms of the finances, but, you know, I think even going back to the call of Sean that was, was on earlier on, I know he was alluding to the fact that I don't think he would be overly impressed if Rangers went on and, and were to compete in the Conference League or to win the Conference League, but I don't agree with that. I think, you know, any European competition to be in there and be mixing it and mm. constantly improving year on year, I don't think you can yeah. knock it back. And I think when you look at the gulf in Europe, as we've seen with Rangers and, and Celtic over the last number of years, the Conference League is probably not far off the, the level. You know, the top end of the Conference yeah. League, if you're going into talking about semi-finals and finals, I don't think anybody frowned upon it last year when West Ham won it. And I do still remember... Davey Moyes cutting a few shapes in the, the changing room <laughs> yeah. after it so yeah. it obviously meant an awful lot to Abs- a guy like Davey Moyes as well absolutely West Ham are a big club yeah. one know, of your and, old clubs and, and, they, yeah. and they almost were fighting relegation at one yes. stage um, last season mm-hmm. but a couple of big results pulled them out of that but then to go on and win a, a European trophy you know yeah. that's what it is saves their season gets them into the Europa uh, League this season and obviously they saw it as, as a massive plus for them of course Jared Bowen going through yeah. right at the end, 87th yeah. minute, I think it was, they were all concerned about not taking it into extra time because, yeah. you know, the the opposition were playing really well. But, you know, it's interesting Leanne say that and that, I, I can't believe Sean said that. Yeah. You want to try and go as far sure. as you can in Europe. You loved your time at West Ham, forever yeah, blowing bubbles. Yeah, two good yeah. years there at West <laughs> yeah. Ham, yeah. played under yeah. Harry and Every. young Rio was coming through. Yeah. Jermaine Defoe was in the youth <sighs> team and... Yeah. Uh, John Terry got released. Who else was there? Frank Lampard. Was he released? Joe John Terry. Released at West Ham, yeah. Just shows you for young players, doesn't mm. it? Yeah, well, Declan Men Rice was released yeah. from Chelsea. He'll never as make a, it. As an academy yeah. player, yeah. So there was, couple of, there was Joe Cole, Frank, wow. and some really... Yeah, yeah. I think they won the youth team mm. and you could clearly see that they were going to go on and yeah. a big career. Who was your manager? Harry. 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 Redknapp, so yeah. what were you on? Was it 50 grand a week, you know? Honest 70, Harry, yeah. 70 after tax. King of the jungle. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's brilliant. He phoned... Um, He's yeah, good, yeah, isn't he's he? absolutely brilliant. Uh, you miss him yeah, on the, the deadline day, don't yeah. you? He's always an old classic. Yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah, he's a character. <laughs> he was great. Yeah. What about the, yeah. sorry, the Olympic Stadium? West Ham's new stadium? Have you been down, John? I have, and, yeah. What's your br- thoughts on it? It's yeah. a brilliant stadium, but I think a lot of the fans initially were thinking about Upton Park. Where Upton yeah. Park is mm. very similar to what Tyne Castle is like, where Atmosphere. the fans can almost touch you, you know, when they're, they're yeah. so close. It's a bit different now yeah. with the new stand. There's a bit more room now, but it took West Ham quite a while because it was it was a running track, and you know for the for the uh, for the Olympics and from the pitch, then you've got a long way until you get to the dugout, and even longer if you're a fan. But I think in in recent years they've had some big results there, uh, especially under David Boys. So I think the players are starting yeah. to get used to it a bit now, but. It was the old Upton Park. Yeah. I, you know, I can imagine and, the difference that you're oh, saying with that, John. And, and, but I was really impressed. I, I was down there recently. Um, amazing on my course stadium, and isn't it? Fantastic mm. inside it. Yeah. It's 
see when people speak about Hamden and it's like that with the running track, it's it's much better than Hamden though. And it's more mm. it's circular, it feels mm-hmm. tighter. Yeah. Um fantastic facilities, really, really top drawer. And obviously um, West Ham we're getting impressed. West Ham we're getting twenty six, twenty seven thousand at Upton Park. But yeah. in terms of the finances now <sighs> and what what yeah. you can bring to the club and you know the sixty thousand, isn't it? 60, more maybe 20, yeah. Yeah. something yeah. like that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it is spectacular. It's a great stadium for sure. That's right. You met Davy Moyes and you mm-hmm. met Ange on those I did, yeah, uh, both days. Of them in the pro license, which big, was, was excellent. Big result for Ange at the weekend. Might talk about that later. Let's turn to matters here. Philippe Clement was speaking after oh, he spoke about the Sifuentes red card, uh, which Rangers have appealed. Obviously, they want him to be able to play against Aberdeen in the cup final. This was the manager at full time. Uh, I didn't see the images back. What Jose told me is. He loses the ball and he he wants to win it back. He wants to block the ball, but uh, the other guy is a split second faster and he tackles through the ball. And like this, there's a contact, but he tried to block and then avoid the contact that he didn't go through it when he saw that he was coming in that split second so close. I want to see things back and uh, to have a clear and good opinion. So we're going to make an assessment uh, the next days about it. So that means he will be able to play in the cup final? Yeah, yeah, it's a tactical um, appeal. Yeah. I, I, listen, I didn't think it was a red card. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think the Rangers will win the appeal, if I'm being honest, just because you you look at the point of contact and if you're looking at still images, as we've seen, yeah. um, you can make anything you can want from it. Um, but the reality is Rangers have been quite light in numbers and I don't think the manager's hidden from that, has he, John, when he spoke about squad selection and players and the frustration around the amount of injuries and the fitness levels at the club. It is something that he's been going on about since he's come in the door. So I think if he can have another player um, fit and available, he he will do everything that he possibly can, even if it means a further suspension. Alex on asking both of you, have they found a striker in SEMA? I like SEMA. I said this a couple of weeks ago, didn't I, you know, generally starts on the left that he can come in I think he's got a little bit about him as well um, I didn't think it was a penalty at the weekend I think Seymour's gone up and he's he's jumped really really high he's a great leap and I just think he's he's gone a little bit off balance I think there's very very little contact but he's pulled his jersey though hasn't he so I I'm not sure if that's enough though to yeah. you know he, he's up in the air so I didn't think that one I, with, with the sending off um, I thought it was a bit harsh um, the, the, the player come in and and obviously, Sifuentes, I think he's trying to sort of, you know, stamp down and he's trying to miss him all of a sudden and his foot comes down and as Leanne says, Selig had one a few weeks ago against Atletico Madrid with Maeda. I didn't think that was a sending off, but when you, when you slow, the, when, you, when you sort of freeze frame mm-hmm. the pitchers, it looks 10 times worse than what it was. And it looks like Sifuentes' studs and his shoes on top of the, on top of the player. Yeah. And I'm just thinking, well, looking at that, it's a red card, but I think he's trying to get out of the way of, of the player. Yeah, I, I listened to the show last night, and I, I think it was Barry and, and Stephen were speaking about it as well. And I can't remember which one of them had said the, the force that the player comes in as well almost comes underneath mm. Sifuentes. So where is he supposed to put his foot? Um, and I think it was Barry that was saying about that split second. And that's the reality, though. In football, there will be moments that yeah. you get it wrong, and it's that split second. But if for every split second that you make a mistake. I don't think there was force. I don't think there was intent. I don't think there was a real, you know, element of endangering the opponent. Um, albeit the freeze frame might look slightly different. But and just going back to the penalty award, just to be consistent this season, the majority of penalties that have been awarded inside the box for a shirt pull, the defender has been caught wrong side of the attacker, where there's 
clearly impeding their ability to get to the ball. I think Saturday was different. I think both players had a grapple on each other. It was more about gaining an advantage and getting uptight and close. I think Stephen was speaking about that last night. <laughs> How many times in his career he's looked to try and get close and just make it difficult for an attacker to go and get any sort of elevation. See, still gets up there. He still gets a strong contact on the ball. I think the players' response tells you an awful lot. There was no claims. There was no legitimate claims mm. from the Rangers players. The majority of people in the stadium didn't know what was being looked at. Um, and for me, I don't think it was a penalty. So pre-VAR it wouldn't have been a penalty never would have it? been looked at yeah. well, and Sefuentes would, 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 would not have been sent no. off you know, no. well, there's, a, there's a simple yeah. um, there's a simple solution to this for me Paul players need to stop pulling on other players shirts don't do it don't give the referee a, you know an opportunity yeah. to give a penalty don't, don't pull on a shirt it's quite simple because now the slightest little yeah. pull on a shirt VAR will pick it up We've seen it 10 times this season already. VAR picks that up and says, you know, the letter of the law is you pull on a shirt, any sort of tag at all, player goes down, it's a penalty. You just cannot afford to do it now. But so the if- thing for me, John, is even when you listen to it on Sky Sports today, um, them dissecting the, the, um, the VAR decisions yeah. over the weekend, they speak about the Scottish League like the laws of the game are different up here. Mm. Why is that? Uh-huh. But why is because that? Because Dermot Gallagher's yeah. opinion was in Scotland, this is the way they're looking at it. Why in Scotland is that the case? So the interpretation is different here. <laughs> How <laughs> like, can that be? But what, so and what I, guess it's different, I guess it's different yeah. federation, but there's laws of the game it should be. No, I know, but I just. In Scotland, yeah. it's like all of a sudden you pull on a shirt, the slightest contact or the slightest pull, player goes down. It's a penalty. The referees go over to see the, the monitor, and letter of the law is you cannot do that. So if I'm a manager, and I'm playing against an opposition side, I'm saying, do not, under any mm-hmm. circumstances, even let the player run then. Let them run across you, but do not pull on the shirt because you're risking giving a penalty away. But then it's interesting yep. how it's viewed because there was one um, in the last Scotland game at Hamden, inside the opening 30 seconds, and there was a foul on a Scotland player, shirt pull, middle of the pitch, mm-hmm. clearly mm-hmm. denying an obvious attacking opportunity. And because it was within the first minute of the game, the yellow, the yellow card isn't shown. Yeah, that's the consistency. So, so referees want about. to pick and choose yeah. as well when, exactly. when they deem it a shirt pull or what area of the pitch. So the consistency levels for me right. um, have to improve. And that's what I mean across the board. You can't go from Scotland to England to European yeah. football mm. and world tournaments and it, mm. it completely changes. We need a consistency level to make it actually achievable for players yeah, to be playing the game in a consistent manner. Let's hear from Brendan Rogers, who's been speaking to the media today ahead of the game with Feyenoord tomorrow and he's been speaking about the opposition. Maybe barring injuries then uh, Jimenez might play and, and be around he didn't play in the first game and he's obviously a very talented striker and done really well for them. Um, but we expect them, they're a strong side. You know, we've seen their quality. We, we, we played really well in the first half. Stood up in the second half but you can see the, the quality they have, the physicality in the team and a really high level of, of technique and good understanding uh, and Arnie's an excellent coach who's done very well with, with Feyenoord so uh, so any game in the Champions League is a, is, is a big challenge but we relish that it's our last game here in the in the competition and we want to give the supporters something to uh, to go home happy about A few people on John what do you think Celtic what will the lineup be tomorrow night especially the back four no Cameron Carter Vickers what do you think it's going to be I think it'll be Nat Phillips again with skills I think Taylor will play and in the midfield you've got 
McGregor, you'll have O'Reilly, and then it'll either be a Watson or he'll maybe start with Turnbull. Possibly on the right, it'll be Yang or Forrest. On the left, uh, Maeda's out, of course. Yeah. On on the left, I think it'll be uh, Palmer. Oh, yeah. And then it's, I'm guessing, really, will it be, will he bring Kyogo back in? Because of his, he's done well actually in the Champions League. Got himself a couple yeah. of goals. Um, or will he go again uh, with O you know, through the middle? I don't know. What normally happens is after about 50, 60 minutes, Brendan will bring Kyogo on to partner O, and then they'll, you know, that they'll obviously um, take a midfield player off and go, you know, uh, four four three three or, or four four two just to put just to get a bit more physicality up top. But Surely he starts with Kyogo. Yeah, but O's played the last couple of games. Again, Kyogo, you know, he's a big player in in the next few games for Celtic. It's a game that they want to win. Of course they do, but I'd be guessing, Paul. I really would. Got to take the news. We'll ask you more after this. The Go Radio Football Show with Global Eco Energy. Tailored and renewable energy products to suit your commercial and domestic needs. Let's go! Global Eco Energy sell and install renewable energy products to domestic, commercial and public sector customers. With access to a wide range of renewable energy products, including solar PV, battery storage, air source heat pumps and eco-garden makeovers, we offer a bespoke service tailored to your exact needs. For a free quote and to find out more about grants and funding options, go to global-eco.co.uk. Do you know who's on tonight? It's only John Hartson and Leanne Crichton. Lots of you coming on. Thank you. Enjoying the show so far. A lot of good chat there as well. I want to ask you as well, Leanne, about the Scotland result last week against England. Not to go over the whole thing without saying yep. how do we improve as we move forward. Lots of calls coming in from Celtic fans as well after, well, Kilmarnock's win. 2-1 at the weekend at Kilmarnock. Celtic played well for much of the first half. Could have been maybe two or three up, although Kelly had two really good chances as well. Somebody who'd be watching that game is Reagan on the line, a big Celtic and Scotland fan. Hi, Reagan. Paul, it's good to be on. Thank you for having me again. Pleasure. How are you? I'm doing well, Paul. Doing well. Um, I just wanted to speak about uh, Celtic on Sunday. I think this season has been really strange. Mm. I just feel like the club's not got started yet in terms of the recruitment, the... Um, the, uh, I don't think I've been to a game this season where I can say Celtic played real, really well I think they've played okay mm-hmm. I don't think they've played totally well so I'm just looking forward to seeing the, hopefully the board spending the money in January because I think Rangers are in a big shout in this uh, championship now for I think Rangers have got a big chance to win now because they'll be smelling blood Celtic in the last week have drawn home to Motherwell They've drawn a home to St. Yep, Johnson sure. and they got beat on Sunday. Now, Paul, people can say that Celtic were, um, Celtic have only lost one game this season. Mm. But I can tell you, we've watched every single game. Yep. Celtic have been very fortunate in most of the games. Yeah. I, mean, I mean, yeah, I don't think they've, I, I don't think they've played well at all, Paul. And I think this is a big, mm. a big chance for Rangers to really uh, do well in January, and then they'll be hoping that they can really take part in a big title race because um, I just don't know Paul I just, I just right. think that here's John what Paul, would you say to Reagan? well Reagan, do you think that the players in this Celtic team and Celtic squad do you think one or two of them think they're better than what they are? yeah I, th- I, th- 
John, you know what I think's happened? I mm. think the same thing that's happened in the, the COVID season. I think there's too many players that have been there too long. Uh, I said this about a month ago on the show, John, when, when you asked me who was going to go, I said Mikey Johnson. I said uh, uh, Phillips would go back yeah. to Liverpool. I said Kobayashi. And now you're looking at it and you're saying to yourself, uh, Brendan Rodgers has come out and said that um, well, uh, well, I Bielka, who he brought on, is not, is not showing up well in training. Mm-hmm. He said the the Polish boys not looking good in training, and I'm just, I'm, I'm just starting to question whether, whether um, what is going on at the club is being done really well. Because, like you said, I said to you, John, about a month ago, that people like Mikey Johnson and Phillips are going to leave, but now Mikey Johnson seems to be one of the guys that's the Brendan's putting first in because he doesn't first players like Yang or um, or Palmer as well Okay John what would you say? I just think the likes of Mikey Johnson I think one of the reasons why he's had a little run in the team uh, Reagan, is because he wants to put him in the shop window I've always said that players are it's harder it's easier to get players in than actually to, to to move players on because you get comfortable at Celtic. You know, you're, you're earning a big contract. You might think, well, I'll never earn this type of money again in my career. And when you're playing at Celtic, you get idolised around the city. But you've got to deliver. On the pitch, you've got to deliver. You've got, you've got to be outstanding every week. You've got to give the manager a headache. And I, I, I just think, I said, the word I used at the weekend... I felt Celtic, a lot of the players in the last few weeks, in particular against St. Johnson, when Brendan had a really strong word with the players at half-time. Yes, they responded and come out. But I just felt at the weekend, there's a lot of people coasting, you know, just just happy with one nil, not 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 getting on the front foot and going and saying, right, come on, let's get the first goal in the second half. If it goes to 2-0, Celtic probably win that game. You know, they almost allow... Um, Kilmarnock to get back into the game they accept being bullied they accept being pushed back they couldn't get hold of the ball you know the midfield players were losing the ball oh we couldn't get up the pitch couldn't get him in a goal scoring position and it's almost like the attitude is like come on this is a big big league game you've already lost at Kilmarnock you've gone out of the cup you know exactly what to expect from Kilmarnock in the second half and I just think Sadiq were almost accepting what was happening in that second half. He was asked today about he was asked today about physicality in the midfield. Does he need a bit more muscle? I think it's always about balance in midfield. You know, it. Um, I think for me the the importance of winning the ball is a collective. It's not just not just one player. Scott was obviously outstanding in my time here the first time, but. Um, but we played with a physical player in the weekend and we lost. So it's it's all about the balance in your team. I I said when I first came in, the hopefully the identity that this team will have power and strength and creativity and speed over the course of my time here. And we're working towards that. So um but uh but technical ability is, is very important, but being competitive is equally important and uh but that's in all aspects of the page. Lan, Leanne, you're listening carefully to what he's saying. What are you hearing? Excuses, mm. if I'm being honest. Because um, I'm looking at the Celtic team from the weekend and they're a better team than Kilmarnock yeah. on paper. 
their bench is stronger than Kilmarnock's on paper. So for me, you need to look a bit closer to home and, and that's what I spoke about earlier and you know, I don't know if Regan agrees, but for me, Brendan Rodgers is a manager who is supposed to be able to have the ability to make players better and I don't see that happening. It's a big call not to start Kyogo at the weekend. You start with O, the striker. Don't think he gave you the outlet that was expected. Why didn't um, you bring him on earlier in the game? Well, that's a question, isn't it? Because there's a there's almost an arrogance there mm. as well that perhaps the, they would have held on to the result or they would have got that second goal um, or that they, they, they didn't see a defeat coming. Whereas... Surely most teams now that go to Rugby Park have got a, you know a sense expect, that yeah. Kilmarnock have got a bit about them. Um, and Celtic know that, they were there. Of course they August. Exactly, yeah. exactly. Um, but no, look, I still think Celtic have got a strong enough team. So the question marks for me just now are probably at the door of Brendan Rodgers because he seems to be getting the best out of guys like Matt O'Reilly who have taken their game this season to another yeah. level. You know, there was a huge chat at the beginning of the season about his numbers and his goals and his contribution. Well, that's improved. So that's what Brendan Rodgers does. He makes those types of players better. But at the same time, there's a whole element of that Celtic team that are not hitting the levels that they should be hitting just now. And there's players that have been brought in that have, you know, expected to improve, like say a Yang that have come in. Naroki, I know he's had injuries, hasn't he been part of it? Burnaby looks to be completely out in the yeah, cold. Yeah. Um, Bernardo... He seems to want to start him or put him in in Champions League moments, yet he cannot get near the pitch domestically think, at times, the, which I think yeah. is really, really strange. I think, Leanne, I think the players that have come in, I think they all haven't hit the ground running. I think there's three or four in there that are happy to be at Celtic <laughs> and they're, they're happy just playing. And they've got to get the mentality right. Brendan just mentioned the mentality. You're at a global club that you have to win every single week. I'm not being disrespectful. If you're at another club in Scotland and you win the game, brilliant. And you don't really, you know, the fans are not really, really, you know, there's no expectation to win four or five games in a row. At Celtic or Rangers, you can't lose. You know, you can't lose the pressure. As you, yes, you are going to lose the game naturally, but you've got to win every single game. And your performance and the way that Celtic went down, Regan, the way they went down, they capitulated yeah. in that second half. I didn't see much desire. I never saw people pointing the finger at each other. I thought the back four were a disgrace at times. I really, really did. And that they've got to do better. I thought they were weak. They got bullied. That's not a Celtic back four. Could you imagine your team that you played in, John, at Celtic being bullied? Well, other teams will do this. You know, and now what, what other teams are doing, they, they, they're putting in free kicks mm. and corners. Yeah. Celtic don't defend corners very well. And other teams are taking advantage of that. People are saying, put the ball right in, on, on Joe Hart's sort of chest. You know, midfield players, strikers like are getting runs across the box. And by the way, it's basic stuff, John. Me talking yeah, about defending. Basic, the yeah. first goal, I know it's an own goal, but why for me, Nat Phillips is defending that with his right foot is beyond me. Go with your left foot, clear your lines properly, stop being lazy. Um, the second goal, when do you ever really see players running off of Celtic players? Callum McGregor, yeah. Matty Kennedy runs off the back of him. He's got no idea that there's nobody in the space behind him. Um, but Regan, I was just going to say, I, I would agree with you in terms of Celtic's performances this season. And if you think back to the time under Ange Postacoglu, how many occasions did you ever sit at Celtic Park and it was 0-0 at half-time? Very, very rare. Very, very rare. No, no I mean, but I can just got a big... It's just a style of play. And I think that's something that's lacking with Brendan as well. And I think... In terms of what John was saying there, Paul, I'll come back in with that. See what John was saying about the mentality and stuff like that. I think the biggest problem with Celtic at the moment is 
that see people like Joe Hart, the Greg Taylor, um, Kyogre, for instance, they all know if they're playing well, but see if they're playing bad, well, they, they know they're going to start because, mm-hmm. because Greg Taylor knows no matter how he plays, Brendan Rodgers does, does not trust Bernabe. Yeah. And sure. see, and the same goes for Joe Hart. If Joe Hart makes a mistake, we can have the week. Thank you, spot on, Regan. Yep, it's a brilliant point. So he's been left a squad that's not strong enough. For the for this season, well, the, or, there's been, or there's been a lack of investment yeah. in the squad Plus in terms of the players that are there. Yeah. You know, because as we say, Burnaby, there's there seems to be opportunities getting handed out to certain players, yeah. but Burnaby doesn't seem to be one of them. Anthony Ralston, again, for me, would probably walk into the other at least ten teams in the Premiership. Does not get near a Celtic team. Um, you've got guys like Alistair Johnson that were so comfortable playing in an Ange Postecoglou team, and his identity and his style of play yet look probably a fraction of themselves at times when you watch them play this season. Greg Taylor being one of them as well. I think he was a standout. He was, a, yeah. you know, he probably could have been a player of the season contender last year. Right. I think, again, defensively, he's been showing up in certain moments. And the biggest problem for Celtic is the majority of points that they've dropped this season is at Celtic Park. Do you know what's a, yeah. do you know what's a slight <laughs> worry for me as well, Paul, is that Celtic spent £20 million on six or seven players mm-hmm. in the summer. <clears throat> and the recruitment um, brought them in, helped bring them in, one million, two and a half million, three million. Brendan keeps talking about quality. Now, I know they're not Brendan signings, but weren't, weren't they better off buying three, six million pound players that are proven, that have got a history of playing at a good level? Level. All right, six of them might not work, but, you know, sorry, two of them or one of them might not work, but you know, by buying proven quality, then you're going to get performances on a more consistent basis. And the other worry for oh, me, the other worry for me, Regan, is who does he bring in? It's not easy to go and sign really good players. In January, is not a good window. So a lot of the Celtic fans are thinking, well, do you know what? Well, we get to January for five, six, seven points clear. That'll do us. And then we will we will blow everybody out of the market in, in the second half of the season. But that's once, not the case Once now. we've had a good yeah, January. Sure. But football is not a switch, Paul. No. You can't just switch it on and switch it off. And it just seems like at the minute, that's the way Celtic are playing and going about things. They did well two years ago in the January uh, window. Mm. Matt O'Reilly, Rio Hitati. Here's Callum McGregor speaking today about half-time's been talked about a lot. So week past Sunday at Perth, a rollicking from Brendan Rodgers. Sunday rugby part rollicking to the Kilmarnock players from Derek McInnes. Here's Callum McGregor. Yeah, I think it's it's always important as as soon as you drop below your standard, then the manager comes in and and sets it right. That's that's why he's there. That's that's why he's in the job. And and uh, and then it's up to the players to react. So of course, we all work together in terms of trying to make sure that we don't fall below that standard. But one thing we do know in sport is, is you know, there's a human element of it. You're never always going to be perfect. So it's important that you have a, a strong character that can that can tell you, um, you know, what is wrong and, and how to fix it. So no, we don't we don't have any problem with that at all. Um, the only thing that we can do moving forward is to try and make sure that we don't fall below a certain standard. Um, but yeah, like I said, that's the manager's job, and, and and everybody's happy to to take that criticism when it's when it's deserved. Leanne, what do you think? Well, he's been honest, isn't he? I don't think there's very much more that that Callum McGregor can say as a captain. He he needs to come out and own it as well. Um, they need more Callum McGregors. They do, but the reality is that. <laughs> they're very hard to come sure. by guys yeah, like Callum yeah. McGregor um, in the level that he's operated at for so long but 
there is moments probably that Callum McGregor needs other players to step yeah. up and take responsibility and take the heat off of him because you can't always play at the top um, the top of your game I think what was it 50 odd games or something he started in the bounce now it's, it's phenomenal um, but his attitude is always the same isn't it it is yeah but the, the, this, this is what they're talking about the, the standards and uh, you know for me this has got to be said <laughs> this has got to be said what Leanne said there the selling and, and what Reagan said mm-hmm. Reagan can't remember that in, in whatever the 14-15 game selling really really you know taking it you know sort mm-hmm. of Absolutely thumping the team, if you like, and dominating for 90 minutes. And yet great football against Lazio. We know how it finished. And Atletico Madrid, that first half, John, the quality of the play, the speed. Yes, but you can't just say, well, we played well for 45 minutes. Or we did did well for 20 minutes. So football is 90 minutes. Yes, I totally agree. I've done all the games. Sterling have been excellent at times, just for periods. But to win a game of football, you've got to defend strongly. You've got to try and keep a clean sheet. And and Celtic have failed to do all these things, you know, and ultimately, especially in the Champions League, it's going to cost you. But the supporters at the weekend, they were totally, you know, really, really upset with the team and the performances. And these things have got to be called out. You just cannot sugarcoat all the time and make excuses up for bad performances. The weekend was a, a dismal second half. It really, really was, and it needs to be said. Brendan Rodgers was asked today, what's the message to the fans? Are they going to have something to cheer about in Europe to enjoy? I, I absolutely can because it's the very reason I came back. I, I came back here to, uh, to lead the club domestically to hopefully continue success and also into Europe where we, you know, we, we all want to break this barrier and bridge this gap, which is a really, really tough challenge, but it's, it's what I've... I've always done in, in my career, pick the challenge to come here and uh, and hopefully take us forward. And that's that's going to be us all. That's going to be the supporters, the board, the players, the club, myself, all being together, getting the right players in that can improve and and, and develop our squad. And uh, I have every confidence that we can do that over the coming seasons. So Brendan Rogers, there looking forward to and promising, you know something in Europe, something that the club was built on in, in recent years. Having said all this, you've made some great points. Sean, what's your... Uh, Reagan, sorry. What's your prediction? The, the microphone dropped there. What's your prediction oh. for tomorrow night? Uh, Paul, I'm going to say 2-0 to Celtic. Uh, I just think they'll, have, they'll be too strong for final. Um, I think final would have qualified for, for European football for Christmas. I don't know if they'll... They'll probably rest a few players as well. Um, so I've gone for 2 0, Paul. I tried to call in last week, Paul, but I just wanted to say that I've picked up for Germany for the Euros. So I'm looking forward to it. Okay, John? Yeah, um, no, I think you're right, Ray. Going back to what Brendan, Brendan Rodgers said there, he, he wants to improve the team. I think there is plans to. He wants to cut his squad from 32 to 25. It might be a case of he may have to offload players to bring players in or sort of to balance things out. But he's looking for quality players and they don't come cheaply. So I think it's a big window. It's a big season for Celtic because they've won nothing yet, Regan. They're out of the League Cup. There's a race. There's a title race back on in terms of the form of Rangers. Um, And I just think the recruitment... 
have to get back to, to signing real quality players. Players are not going to be on the bench. Players are not going to be sort of uh, yeah. bit part players, if you like. Players that are more than capable of going straight into the first team. That's what Celtic want. Thanks, Regan, for the call. Breaking news, Rangers have been dealt a huge blow ahead of the League Cup, the Viaplay Cup final. Their appeal over Jose Cervantes' red card at the weekend was thrown out by the SFA and he will now serve a two-game ban. Leanne? Yeah, no, breaking news. Um, yeah. Listen, I've I seen it coming. I, I didn't see the appeal being upheld. Say, yeah. um, regardless of what my opinion on the, the challenge was in the red card itself, I just didn't see it being a an instant that would have been overturned. So for Rangers, no, it is a huge blow because I mentioned earlier on in the show, I think numbers-wise, that they're light. Injury-wise, um, the list just seems to continue. It's like a revolving door. Yeah. Players come back yeah. in, other players then drop out. So Fuentes was one of the players that, um, certainly at the weekend, I had spoke about perhaps him taking this opportunity and getting a run of games. That won't happen. He misses the League Cup final and the, the game that follows that as well. So for Rangers, a huge blow. And who steps up? We'll ask you and answer that after the break. The Go Radio Football Show with Global Eco Energy. Design your bespoke solar PV system and meet your energy needs with no upfront costs. Let's go. Go Radio Football Show this time tomorrow night. Mark Guidi will be here along with Barry Ferguson. And we'll be looking forward to the Celtic game, which kicks off eight o'clock. John, you'll be doing it yeah, yeah, tomorrow yeah. night. Yeah, it's been some great games that you've done. Sadly, only one point so far. Looking forward to the game tomorrow, though. I am looking yeah. forward to it. Paul and Reagan's pretty comfortable, uh, pretty confident there with yeah. regards to the result. But I, I did the first game uh, in Rotterdam Oof. against against Feyenoord, yeah. and, and, and mm. Brendan's right. Celtic were excellent for the first forty-five minutes, and then they conceded that poor free kick. I think Joe Hart would admit that he was. He showed um, he, he showed the fine old player too much of his left hand side of the goal, just couldn't quite get there. And, and when you scored on forty five minutes, it's a brilliant time to go to score, Paul. Great time to score, knocks the wind out of the opposition. And then in the second half, I think it was Lager Bielka got sent off, Home got sent off, and it, it becomes a nightmare. You cannot win with nine men. So yeah, it's a bit of a lack of discipline in the second half, which cost Celtic. And as I go back to though, they played really well for forty five minutes. In the Lazio game, I thought they were excellent all throughout, but Lazio did done him with a really, you know, killer sucker punch towards the end. Atletico Madrid, they they were leading at half time. Atletico came out in the second half and they were outstanding. So they've had some decent moments in the Champions League, but ultimately it's one point out of fifteen. That's the way people will look at it. Your old team, Arsenal have gone one up against PSV Eindhoven, who of course knocked Rangers out earlier in the season, and it's Nketiah who scored. So good start there for Mikel Arteta. I think they're top of the group anyway before going into yeah, that. I think they'd already they're already qualified. They're yeah. through. Just before the break, Leanne, you broke the news that Rangers appeal of Cifuentes' red card. As you predicted in the first hour, it was rejected. So we're trying to get a clue as to who might move in to his position because he would have played uh, on Thursday night in Seville um, we mentioned Clement so we know what happened at the weekend because Rangers went down to 10 men here's the manager speaking about him it's it's important for everybody but it's I don't I'm, I don't like too much to point out one player it was really that's when he asked he was asked about Desers at that point he spoke about uh, Clement when they went down to 10 men yeah, not only sitting it out, but we we played also to create. We didn't play a, a defensive game second half because uh, if you look back, we had also the best chances in the second half. So that's a good thing. You see also the physical level from several players growing, that they become stronger and stronger. 
and and that's the way, work we need to continue. <laughs> we are by far not at our our maximum. By far not. We still have a long way to go. Um, we need to get more players fit, of course, and uh, and we need to continue working. But if the mentality stays like this and everybody stay, stays focused in his job and the job together, we take a lot of points and we deserve also to take a lot of points. Like to. And finally, getting to what I promised about a minute ago, the changes at halftime. If this was sports scene, they would edit it and, <laughs> uh, and take that bit out. 100% tactical. And it's a pity for Todd. He's in a good way. Uh, he was working hard also first half. He played uh, uh, the last game really good. So it's a pity to take him off. But at the moment, you need to make decisions for the team and not for one player. Um, the good thing is he will be more fresh for Thursday then. Uh, but okay, that moment you need to make a, a good organization to to defend well, compact, and and you need to come out fast. So because of that, the changes. So what are you thinking with no Sofuentes? Well, it'll be interesting, won't it? Um, I think Dijon Sterling stepped in there at the weekend, but I don't know whether that would be something that um, Philip Clement would do from from the start on Sunday. And old Lammers is not really a, a fan's favourite, but he's another one that certainly could come into that central area where you would drop. Todd Cantwell back one um, for me I, when I look at this Rangers team and I've probably said it a number of times this season um, I would change the system when you look at it and the player availability because the reality is you're struggling to find three strong central midfielders just now mm-hmm. that tick the boxes in terms of what you're asking uh, when you look at the players that have come back we spoke about Seema earlier on John performed really well his numbers are good yeah, Matondo's, Matondo's yeah. came back in as well that yeah. raw blistering pace as well um, McCausland been doing really well off the right hand side so you could probably go more of a 3-4-3 a three, three and push Tavernier and Barisic a bit higher up John Suter played at the weekend Connor Gold was injured um, you've got Balogun there who's kind of been a mainstay under um, Philip Clement so I think there's options in terms of the team and, and how you would look to perhaps change it but right now for me there's not a, a dead set replacement for Sifuentes and, and that just shows you the, the injury problems that they've got because Sifuentes has not by any means been a, a starting player this yeah. season um, but they've lost him for the weekend and they look to now replace him you don't have the likes of Ryan Jack available mm. either which is a huge blow yeah, well, I think um, I think on uh, on Thursday um, they go to Real Betis, and I think he'll be keeping his fingers crossed in terms of no more injuries because they've got they've got a load of injuries. We just mentioned Tom Lawrence. There's one who can't seem to put a real yeah. run together. Sure. Um, so for me, it, it could be Matundo. You know, I think if this was Sunday, I think I'd have more of an idea about the team. I think I think Cantwell comes back in. He's almost said that there. Mm. Cantwell stays fit and he has a good game. I think he starts the final as well on Sunday, Saturday or Sunday. Sunday, Sunday. Sunday. Yep. Seema again a goal at the weekend. Deza scored at the weekend. Mm. So, um, so for me, you know, he's got he's and Leanne might be right. He might just also maybe go to a four-two-three-one. Mm. You know, um, to put two sitters in there and three in front of them, then one up top. So, you know, he hasn't got many options. In it's the second sitter, though, for me, that I don't see there being a, a glaring standout. Because Todd Cantwell, for me, is not a sitter. Forward, yeah. Sterling, it's not his natural position, but was but deployed Jack, in Jack's there. Out. Jack's, Jack's out. out. Yep. You don't have him. 
Lundstrom's really the only one that plays in that defensive holding mid um, out with that you've got good options in terms of the players off the sides like a McCausland that could come in that didn't start at the weekend um, but other than in the full back areas of course you've got Barisic available you've got Yomaz for the weekend you don't yeah. have Yomaz for the Thursday night and is it Balogun I think that misses out He's not in the European squad as Correct. well. Yeah. Um, so there will be a bit of rotation in terms of that between Thursday and Sunday. But you need to look after bodies, you know, yeah. speaking about yeah. rest and recovery. Yeah. It's quite a quick turnaround, sure. the fact that Rangers travel. Aberdeen play Thursday night as well, but they don't travel, which for them is, is a huge boost as well. They're out of Europe, so there's not the same emphasis on the game either. So it'll be a tricky couple of days now for, for Philip Clement to get it right, to balance the group to get adequate playing time and numbers into the players' legs so that they're ready for Sunday, but also that you've got your strongest team available. And I think what they're doing, which is impressive, is that they've got they've got a, a lot of injuries and they're still managing to, to pick up three points and wins and yep. you know put mm. that little bit of pressure on them, especially when Celtic are dro yep. dropping points. And I genuinely believe in, in the run of form that they're on, Celtic dropping points, Hearts go to Celtic Park at the weekend, mm. You know, I said earlier on, Celtic need to put the foot back on the gas because they can't afford the course. They can't afford to take the, 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 the foot off the pedal, if you like. Do you know what I mean? And for me, um, there is a title. There is a, there is a race on this year. No doubt about that. Back at Rangers, there's news on uh, Connor Goldson. He explained afterwards why he didn't play on Saturday. No injury issue. And uh, we have uh, 12 games. I, th I, thought it, I said it in the beginning, 12 games in 37 days. It's impossible to be 12 games in that short term, 100% fit, 90 minutes long, and be on top of your game. So I wanted to give uh, Connor a breather in between. So that's easy job for you guys already. If he's fit, if he's fit you have already one name you can put on the list for Thursday. So there is the answer <laughs> on that one. Leanne, a few people have been on. Uh, Willie is on saying, what about... Uh, Lauren Shanklin scored again at the weekend for Hearts albeit they lost mm. is he coming to Rangers? Well it'll be interesting won't it um, I, I love a transfer window to be honest like I love being <laughs> yeah. across it I love the coverage I love the speculation mm. um, when it goes right down to the wire I, I think when it's in Scotland as well we've, yeah. we've not had an awful lot of that no. in recent mm. years I almost feel like it's been players from overseas that have come in with not that same hype um, and some of them have worked and some of them yeah, have been a waste yeah. of money but look, for me, yeah. Lauren Shankland, if if that was a, a real um, link to Rangers, would be a no-brainer. I think just in the sense that he's proven at this level domestically, uh, the fact that Rangers are going to continue in Europe beyond Christmas. I think if you've got that rotation in terms of a player that you can bank on, perhaps it's the European element of it that there's, there's not enough substance that you can really hang your hat in Lauren Shankland, but certainly domestically, you know what he can do. He's a top player. He's captain in his club just now. If that was an option, I think for Rangers, it, it would be, as I say, a no-brainer. It would be a brilliant signing for them. I think it would be a great move for Lauren Shankland at the stage of his career that he, he's at. I think if he's looking to get to the Euros next summer and really oh, yes. put himself in the thoughts of Steve Clark and make sure that he's that you know, third, fourth striker, whatever it might be, what a brilliant opportunity. But, he can only do what he's doing and he's yeah, scoring scores. goals and he's performing and he's doing what he does yeah, at his club and, and it looks like he's happy, he's enjoying it, albeit it's been an up and down season for Hearts. What What would you think, where would you put him in terms of the, the transfer market? What, what At 28 years of age, yeah, he, he hemorrhages goals, um, does, um, does Shankland. 
What would they? What would he cost? Twenty eight years well, old. It'd be, well, it'd be interesting because I don't know what sort of figure Hearts would would slap on him in terms yeah. of a price tag in a January window as well. I think it would be slightly left. inflated. Sorry, so, yeah. look, it, Hearts would probably want I think at least two and a half, three million. Mm. If I was Rangers, honestly, I would pay the fee. What you're going to get from Lauren Shankland is probably in the next five years, mm. easily twenty goals a season. I think that's a guarantee. He's never really, I'll touch wood for his sake, yeah. rarely is he ever injured, Lauren Shankland. He always is fit, available. Yeah. He's a solid 7 out of 10 every single week. He's a Scottish boy, he gets it, he will settle. So when you look at the money, that we're talking about recruitment, whether it's been Celtic or Rangers, it's been very debatable yeah. over the last number of seasons. They've spent £3.5 on players like a Yilmaz, for example. It was £5 million. Incredible. So, you know, and, and you've justified that fee... I'm it, looking at a Lauren. Yeah. 4.3 million. Crazy money when you, when you think that if Hearts went, we want 3 million mm-hmm. in January. I know he's only got 18 months in his contract, but that's what we demand. If I was Rangers, genuinely, and you've got that money, you've got to spend it. Would Celtic come in for him, John? And I'm going to mention Majowski as well. But the yeah, same but thing, Sc- Scott's player, you know, Majowski's clearly not Scottish, but and he's I'll tell playing you another here. player that you could throw into Go the on. mix for the weekend. Yeah. Mika Beareth at Motherwell. Yeah, scored at the weekend. Injury. Yeah. Constant this season, he's been in and out. I know he's been really unfortunate. When the boy plays, he scores. He's mm-hmm. 20 years old. He's not going to make it at Arsenal. Yeah. He's put himself in the shop window up here. It would be interesting to see what yeah. type of fee you would be after when you look at him. Yeah, you mentioned Miofsky there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he gives you something different as well. Mm-hmm. He, he's great at holding the ball up. He can run in behind. He's great in the air. You know, his partnership with Duke the, this season has been very good. He, you know, he, he can link the play, he can take you up the pitch. He, he's got a bit of everything, really. Mm-hmm. The goal he scored a couple of weeks ago against Rangers was a great finish um, when he got through. So, yeah, I, I, again, again Aberdeen fans won't like this because he's a big player for <laughs> Sorry, They're all in Aberdeen. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> not, I know many Aberdeen fans <laughs> are listening. Right? I know, yeah, yeah. but he's um, he's good for them, do you yeah. know, so it's just a case of whether... He, whether um, you know, whether I, they'd be willing to let him go. I'm thinking back to when Scott Brown, Rangers wanted him, Celtic wanted him. Mm. People thought he'll probably go to Rangers and he went to Celtic. Mm. You yeah. know, Scott Brown well. Could it be a bit like that? Would Celtic Possibly. go in for Shankland? Because they've got the money. They've got the money, and also they've got the, the issues in January. The yeah, fact that we, exactly. we've mentioned the players that might go to yeah. the Asian Cup as well. So there will be opportunities, I think, within the squad. Other than even Kyogo's numbers this season, John, I don't know off the top of my head, but I don't, don't think he's hitting the same numbers that he was hitting mm. last year. I don't think performance wise. So with or without him, oh, mm. yes, he's come in and he, he's looked a bit more like the real deal. But the yeah. reality is he, he was handed that opportunity at the weekend yeah. to lead the line. They don't get the result. So I still think Celtic need probably one more up top that you can really bank on that, yeah. yes, domestically, they will yeah. score goals. And none of us know what, what what the talk is, you know, behind the scenes. You know, it, it could be... Um, Ange talking to Dermot Desmond about coming in for one or two plays Brendan you looking, just Brendan don't, you just don't yep. know in football yep. who have thought Jota sure. over the left for the Saudi Arabia Pro League at the, in the summer for 25 million nobody would have thought that he's gone and how influential was he last season for Celtic sure. he, he was magnificent for them at times you know under Ange mm. so you really just don't know will, will Celtic will Ange come in for Kyogo Will Celtic all of a sudden think, well, we've got to get a striker in or two strikers? We just don't know what's going on behind the scenes, Paul. Yep. 
Kyogo maybe for Tottenham, would you think? Well, it could yeah. be Hatati. Yeah, of course. It, it, it could be anything. That was the word during the summer, wasn't it? I think it? the one you, players you look at, you yeah. know, at Celtic, you look at McGregor, you know, he's yeah. he's he's a, he's a he's a stay, you know, he, sure. he ain't going anywhere, in, in, in my opinion. Yeah. You know, because he's in there, he's captain, he's Celtic mm. through and through, been there all his career. I would think someone of that finishes career, finishes career at Celtic. But for me, nothing surprises me at all in football anymore. The manager was asked about uh, signings to come in January and in the summer. Listen, I, I, I don't need to look back. The, the, the players were signed. They're in here. They're players that may not be for now. They, they might be players that down the line become really good players for Celtic. You know, when you come into a club like Celtic at 20 years of age, it, uh, it can be a real challenge in the adaption. And if you're coming from another country, it can be, uh, it can be tough. But... Um, so those guys have signed long long contracts, some of them, and, and hopefully in that time they can show that they can be Celtic players. Uh, looking forward, of course, we want to uh, we want to improve the squad. And I think we'll do that, one, with players that are coming back that uh, can prove influential for us. And, and hopefully, if there's the right players available, uh, we can look to improve key areas that, that we would like to. The Go Radio Football Show with Global Eco Energy. For your free energy home survey and a bespoke quote, call 0800 Let's go! Last section of the programme tonight has flown in. There's lots on the go ahead of this Champions League tonight. Arsenal won up at half-time against PSV. If Rangers had done better early in the season, it could have been Rangers in there. They'll be in action in the Europa League, needing a win against Real Betis on Thursday. We'll preview that tomorrow night with Barry Ferguson and Mark Weedy. Just before the break there, you heard Brendan Rodgers speaking about the signing, some that have come in, some that are yet to come. Leanne, what did you make of what he was saying just before the break? Look, I think Brendan Rodgers, as I say, he's, he's consistent messaging has been that he's not overly happy as he yeah. with the squad and he's speaking about kind of players and I would expect a big January from them. The fact that the manager has gone on in the manner in which he is. Um, he's not hidden. He's disappointment. He's pointed the finger at his current group that he has. He's looking to try and motivate them, I think, just in terms of this game tomorrow night, that the Champions League thing was basically the carrot that was dangled, I think, when Brendan Rodgers was coming back to the club. Because for me, I didn't see it happening. And the only reason I, th I thought he would come back to Celtic was that he would be able to bridge the gap in Europe, which this season, we mentioned earlier on, John spoke about it, performance levels have been good at certain points in the games, mm. but one point from 15 it is nowhere near good enough. So um, he's got that in terms of tomorrow. He's then got a huge number of games over the next couple of weeks, but he's going to need his players. <laughs> um, so it'll be interesting to see how he deals with the pressure now because it's not all been plain sailing. And I think you can hear that from the way that he, he speaks in these interviews just now. Yeah, it's a big, it's a huge December uh, for Celtic and, and Brendan because they've got three home games out of four um, and they've got to start winning. They've got to start winning convincingly. And I, I do believe that he'll have a list of players that the club will, will look to, to let go. And he's, he has to have a list of one or two players that he's wanting to bring in. It is a difficult window um, in terms of... Uh, players uh, allowing their good players to go. Some clubs that are a little bit undecided in January whether they want to keep them till the end of the season. Can they just make a difference and get us up the table or <clears throat> to avoid relegation? Mm. What one reason or another? 
So it's not a, a great window. Um, but he's got no option, John, has he? But he has got, to... Yeah, but he has to get rid of some. He can't just sure. bring in mm. three or four players um, and keep the ones he's already got. Because as I previously said, it's not easy getting players mm. out to Celtic. Sure. But they've got money in the bank. They want to get rid of lots of players on big money. Absolutely. But if they can't, there's the biggest ever Champions League pot for a Scottish club there with two extra games next season. Mm -hmm. At the moment, yes, yeah, Celtic are in pole position, but Rangers are coming up fast on the on the race. I wouldn't you know say I mean? they're in pole position. Yeah. I really wouldn't. I think in terms of Rangers' form yeah. under Clermont, and I think the way the Celtic have dropped nine points this season, they've gone out yeah. of the cup. Um, the League Cup, should I say? I don't think yeah. Rangers' form is. I think Rangers have picked up results. But I don't think form has is, is been a thing either. Like they've, they've got themselves over the line in games. And I think you're right, John, you touched on it earlier the late goals and the comebacks and yeah. rescuing points, I think, has is, is been apparent. It certainly looks like the, the player group that Clement has got are playing for him. That there's a clear message and that they've got a mentality shift just now that they'll mm. go until 90 plus minutes and look to try and stay in games. Um, but I think there's a clear gulf in quality, though, still between the two squads that, that Celtic and Rangers occupy um, Celtic have got an opportunity at the weekend to go eight points clear again you know so I, I, that for me like they're, they're clearly in pole position at any point in the season if you've got an eight point advantage over the team behind you it's huge you that's, know, the, that's it, then though with Rangers two games in hand yeah sure so they get, yeah. well, then they could claw it back to two but they don't ever get that two games in hand though until, it's, like I said earlier on, yeah. the end of January. So Celtic go eight points clear if they win at the weekend. The both sides, would Rangers then play, it's back to one game. And then up until the 24th of January, there's always that one game catch up. So Celtic will always have that advantage unless they drop points between now and that catch up game, which might happen. But I, I, still I, I agree with Leanne. Yeah. I think Celtic, are, I've got the, the better team right now, but... I'm talking about getting complacent. You can't get mm. complacent and you know and, and and start thinking you can go win games. Somebody will produce a bit of sure. magic yeah. or Kyogre will do it. And and at the I, minute that that's the sort of performances that I'm seeing. It's like someone's waiting for something to happen to produce that little bit of magic instead of going and making it happen. Sure. You know, that's that's what I'm seeing. Mm. Don't get complacent. And you need competition for places, not numbers, a striker. A goalkeeper. I'm not saying I'm yeah. not writing off Joe Hart, but they need another top class Reagan goalkeeper. Reagan made a good point yeah, earlier on back. when he spoke about that. Yeah. You know, players yeah. that are perhaps yes. not firing on all cylinders, sure. and there yeah. has been some key mistakes. Yeah. Um, even like that, the free kick in the yeah, Champions League. That's why like they need, they need to Joe step Hart, up there's... because they can't keep performing like this. Yep. Those players who are not quite been performing in the second half of the season, you're expecting them to come good and start performing. You can't coast. You can't just, just amble through games. And that's why Celtic have already dropped nine points in the league. But John, you're right. A lot of Rangers fans are on the socials at Go Football Show. They're right up for this league now. They thought it was maybe going to be over. Nobody would say it. Mm. But Barry said in this show when Michael Beale was on the way out, it's not over yet. Yeah. You know, they can't afford to drop And it was early on points. then. What I would say yeah. about Celtic, John, I, I don't know. Do you, do, does it feel like there's a divide in the dressing room when you look at... <laughs> That Ange Postecoglou team, and I, and I don't always like to go back to it, but what he had was basically two players for every position. Mm -hmm. There was real competition. Everybody was bang at it, game on game. Yes, it took a wee bit of time to get things really up and running, but when it was up and running, there was no stopping it. And his mantra was, we never stop. When I look at this team just now, and moving through that squad at various points in the show tonight, seems to me like there's two teams within the Celtic Strangers. team. They've, they've not knitted yet. Are there players there that don't quite believe they can make the starting eleven? Yeah. And like you're saying, there's players there that feel like 
regardless yeah. of performance, will always be in the starting eleven. Mm -hmm. That can become quite toxic yeah. when you're yeah. part of that group. Absolutely, and I just think like Mikey Johnson for one, he's been out. He's been, you know, he's. Yeah. But Brendan's given him a little bit of a run. Mm -hmm. One or two others, Yang, they've given him an opportunity to water, but they're not responding to that chance. They're, yeah. they're not. They're not giving Brendan a headache. So Brendan's thinking, well, I can't leave this boy out. Mm -hmm. And when you have a chance, that's what you've got to do, because otherwise you'll be out the door. Let's hear one bit more from Brendan Rogers, who was speaking today ahead of tomorrow's game, and he's talking about you have to perform and be tested at the highest level. I, th I think it's also because of the, the situation we have with injuries and and whatnot, and, and and of course with all the games that we that we have played before and and after this game, uh, it will give the opportunity for for players to play, and I think that's. By the time I reach January, I think a lot of the players in the squad that uh, will have had the opportunity uh, to play games and play games through all the levels, and uh, and then can be assessed from there. But uh, but whatever team we pit out, we're, we're putting the team out always to win. And even though disappointingly we won't have anything in Europe after after Christmas, we still play for pride here and 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 the support. So um, so so we'll have a team tomorrow looking to fight for the result. Does that answer your question, Leanne, of the, the players, the dressing room? It's almost like a an act of trial. He's getting to know these players. Names you mentioned, Paolo Bernardo, where yeah. is he domestically? Tilio, Marco Tilio, all the stuff that was mentioned earlier yeah, on. What, 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 what is Brendan thinking on a Bernardo? Because he's just mentioned there like 20-year-olds with four or five-year contracts. He's saying in time these yeah. players might come, we might get a player out of them. So in one way, Brendan saying he needs to get, you know, sort of trim the squad. And in another, in another sense, then he's saying, well, these young players, the likes of Yang, um, Bernardo, one or two others that are in there, is he trying to work with them? Is he going to try and hold on to them? Because at the minute, you've got to pick a team for, for now. You've got to bring in players for now, quality players, to give you that little bit of or a lift in the Champions League to, to add quality to what you've already got. It's domestic now all the way, the league. The Scottish Cup and he needs players who can come in and people say wow they've signed a a player that can go straight into the team mm. he needs at least three surely along with the ones that are coming back not project players and that's up to the mm. recruitment department remember early in the season he was talking about the recruitment department excellent yeah. but they'll get for us and all. he's the manager of the football team mm -hmm. No, and I think that's a, and that's the demand and expectation of the fans as well. Yeah. And I think that was what we heard in the summer. And as I said at the top of the show, I don't think that was delivered. That there was an expectation that there would be a huge amount of money spent, or that there would at least be a marquee signing spent. You know, a, a, an eight or nine million yeah. plus player that you would go, wow, this is a real deal. But I, I don't know how realistic that is either. And I also sure. think there's no guarantee in football now that you spend that level of money, and you get a player that is, for example, as good as a Matt O'Reilly has been. For 1.5 million so money is, is yeah. a funny game in football yeah. because we, as we know down south we see it 60, 70, 80 100 yeah. million pound mm. players that don't hit the ground running that don't settle what Celtic need it is as you say Paul I think a couple of key signings that will come in and appease the fans certainly the bonus for them if you look at it as a bonus they do only have a domestic game to look at which I think could be a hindrance yeah. again to Rangers off the back of the, the new year sure. the fact that they then go and continue to play Thursday, Sunday where Celtic majority of the time will always play the Saturday and will have that psychological advantage as well and an opportunity to stay in front which I don't think is helpful <laughs> as a player looking at it. You know, I think you would always rather be playing in the same day rather than playing catch-up. Good news for Celtic fans. Not for tomorrow, is that, but today in training, Rio Hatati.
was back training today. Dyson Maida back training and could be playing soon. And Cameron Carter-Vickers not ready for tomorrow, but training today. For Rangers, the appeal went in today on Sifuentes and it's been rejected. So that is a blow, isn't it, Leanne, ahead of the, the cup final on Sunday? Huge game. Who's, uh, who's going to win it? Uh, you can never call an Aberdeen Rangers game, I don't think, now. I think it's even tougher. Unless you're you back on at, late in the week. Look at recent performances. Yeah, I'm back in on Thursday I'll night. ask so you then. We'll tee yeah. up the we'll tee tee up up then. Sorry to jump Thursday in, but we'll... yeah. But that is a blow for Rangers that, it's not uh, huge yeah. because as I say I think the squad is is very light in, in that central area when you look at holding midfielders Sifuentes had come in at the weekend and had looked to try and get a run in the team he now misses out for Philip Clement it's one less player to rotate but I suppose he will probably be a, a starter now on Thursday night I think that would be a dead cert that he'll look to, to use and utilise him and try and keep um, a bit more freshness in another player's legs John you'll be resting the voice ahead of the game tomorrow what's <laughs> going to happen? Do you reckon? Well, I think Celtic have to, you know, come out of the traps and do what they normally do at Celtic Park, start well. You know, it goes without saying they need to defend properly in Europe because you're coming up against top quality. Take your opportunities, Paul, get a little bit of possession in the middle of the park. We know that McGregor or Riley mm. and Iwata or, or it might be Turnbull. We know they're good passers of the ball. Palmer, one side, and then maybe, maybe Forrest or whoever it's going to be balls into the box, supply the front man, all these things that you need to win a football match, Paul, do you know? And Are they going to get the three points, John? I think they might. I think they might because they've, they've done okay at Celtic Park in the Champions League. So maybe I wouldn't hang my hat on it, but uh, you know what, Celtic with the crowd, you know, that certainly will give the team a lift. Leanne, what do you reckon? Best case scenario for Celtic tomorrow night, I think they'll get a draw. I think when you still take the likes of Cameron Carter-Vickers out of a Champions League team, still without Maeda, no guarantee that Kyogo starts up top, I think a draw. Thanks so much to both of you. It's Barry Ferguson and Andy Walker tomorrow night at five. Jokal Day is up after the news. The Go Radio Football Show with Global Eco Energy. Design your bespoke solar PV system and meet your energy needs with no upfront costs. Let's go! Global Eco Energy sell and install renewable energy products to domestic, commercial and public sector customers. With access to a wide range of renewable energy products, including solar PV, battery storage, air source heat pumps and eco garden makeovers, we offer a bespoke service tailored to your exact needs. For a free quote and to find out more about grants and funding options, go to global-eco.co.uk.